Hello to all of you unconventional conventionists out there. Welcome to Rocky Talkie, the show where we talk about anything and everything related to Rocky Horror. I'm Aaron. I'm John. And I'm Nikki. All right, guys, we had a fantastic week. What were you guys up to? John, what were you doing this week? Uh, everyone brace yourselves. Uh, this past week on Thursday, I... God damn it, Cobweb. I hit 1,000 followers on Twitch. Ah! Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, wow. We got that cheeky 1K now, and uh, you don't get to see how many followers I have anymore because it just says 1K until I hit like 1051 and then it turns into 1.1k and then it just keeps going that way oh my god that's so exciting i know i'm famous now damn don't forget us i won't i promise what are you (laughs) gonna do with all that twitch money man move oh (laughs) we're gonna be moving in the next couple months so all of the money that i'm earning from twitch i got back pay from work because we didn't get our 2% raise this year because of COVID, and we finally got it, so we got all the previous months that we missed for the back pay. So I got that. I got a Twitch check. I get my tax return coming soon. I am rolling in money, and all of it is going to moving. Money, money, money! Money! Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's That's so so exciting. Right? It's been a good week for John. What about you, Nikki? Oh, so I had a very eventful weekend. I earned a new title, actually. I'm very proud of myself. I went to Dave and Buster's with my friend named Dave. So now I'm officially Buster, everybody. I mean, who's better than me? I'm so excited. Damn it. Dave and Buster's. Yes. Uh, no, it's been a pretty good week. I haven't had to work that much, and I'm feeling great post-vaccine, so I'm really excited, and I'm just really hopeful for the future. I'm very pumped. That's super cool, Nikki. I, I know we're all super excited to to get out there and, and go do some Dave and Buster's. And <laughs> I just, I just want to play Guitar Hero outside of my house. Right? What do you mean outside of your house? You can play Guitar Hero at Dave and Buster's. Oh, yeah, you're right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Got it. What about you, Aaron? What'd you do? Oh, my week's been uh, a, a little uneventful. It's been all movies this week. Uh, we had the Reefer Madness uh, that we're going to be talking about later. I had to had to help out with that for uh, our HPS Live. But uh, Meg and I have been watching a bunch of stuff. We actually watched this really awesome movie the other night called The Fair. Have you guys seen this? No. Doesn't sound familiar. It's a time loop movie, and I am just a sucker for a time loop movie. If it's even remotely related to Groundhog Day, just like, mm, give me that. But it's uh, it's a, entirely set in this cab. It's about a cab driver and his fare that are stuck in a time loop. Absolutely really cool. Did not expect uh, to really enjoy it, but we watched it the other night, and uh, I absolutely loved it. So we've been doing that, catching up on movies, catching up on shows. It's been a good week here. Love that. I actually yeah. um. I had a nightmare last night that I was in a car time loop, so that's very upsetting to hear. Thank you, Aaron. Yeah, no problem. It has a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, so it's clearly good. Uh, yeah, or or possibly unrated. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. So definitely, definitely check it out if you're out there. I think it's on, uh, where'd we watch it? Death Pirate Bay. Uh, yes, <laughs> so it's on all of the streaming services. Uh, that is definitely not the Pirate Bay. Oh, and with that, uh, excellent legal advice. Let's get started with our first segment. Global news. Uh, It's free on Amazon Prime. 
Alright guys, some sad news this past Monday, as music legend Jim Steinman passed away as a result of kidney failure at the age of 73. You hate to see it. Steinman was an American composer, lyricist, record producer, and playwright. He worked with Meatloaf on one of the best-selling albums of all time, Bat Outta Hell, as well as one of the pair's most successful singles, I Would Do Anything For Love, But I Won't Do That. The chart-topping power ballad was a massive success, reaching number one in 28 countries, certified platinum in the U.S., and it ended up being Meatloaf's only ever single on the Billboard Hot 100 chart and the U.K. Singles chart. It was also the best-selling single of 1993 and won Meatloaf a Grammy Award for Best Solo Rock Vocal Performance. Bad Out of Hell really is Steinman's legacy. Like, it's sold more than 50 million copies worldwide since it's released in 1977. And while the songs are, of course, performed by Meatloaf, Steinman pushed for his own front cover credit, and the album cover comes with this credit, Songs by Jim Steinman, which is a really unusual sort of shout-out for a writer. Yeah, unfortunately, by their next album release, Dead Ringer, in 1981, the duo's relationship had begun to fray. A series of financial and legal disputes put off the release of Bad Out of Hell 2 back into hell until 1993, though when it released, it had an amazing showing, selling 26 million copies. Steinman also worked with artists like Bonnie Tyler on her album Faster Than the Speed of Light, which her single Total Eclipse of the Heart is from. Like I'd Do Anything for Love, it's a piece the artist is pretty well known for. Cher even covered Steinman's It's All Coming Back to Me Now for what became an international hit in 1996. Steinman was a really amazing talent. He himself was nominated twice for a Grammy for I Would Do Anything for Love, But I Won't Do That, for the song and rock song categories. He ended up winning a Grammy in 1997 for his Falling Into You album. Steinman was born in Hewlett on Long Island on November 1st, 1947. In 2013, he graduated from Hewlett College and went on to attend Amherst College. While at Amherst in 1969, nice, Steinman wrote and starred in The Dream Engine, which Joseph Papp, founder of the New York Shakespeare Festival, saw, purchased the rights to, and ended up commissioning him to write the musical more than you deserve. It was at an audition for this production where Steinman first met Meatloaf in 1973. So while Steinman didn't work on Rocky, he was very close to Meatloaf. When asked what his family thought of Rocky Horror when they first saw it, Meatloaf reminisced about going to one of the first viewings with his close friends, Jim Steinman and Ellen Foley, all three of whom worked on Paradise by the Dashboard Light, which has, of course, immortalized itself, Steinman, and Meatloaf in the annals of Rocky callbacks. <laughs> you said anal. Anal. Godspeed to you, Jim. Your music was absolutely fucking baller, and you'll be missed. I'll see you in hell, Steinman. I mean, that's pretty apt. He did, he did right. Probably the most well-known song about hell, right? Yep. And bats. Fucking bats, man. And then being outside of hell. <sighs> so, on to some lighter Meatloaf news. Our guy is back on tour. Meatloaf's Anything for Love tour is back in business. Like everything else in the whole entire world, multiple dates were canceled at the onset of the coronavirus in 2020. But with the world reopening, the tour is back on track. His first performance date is Wednesday, September 29th at the Playhouse, Weston Supermare in England. Sadly, the whole tour will be in the UK, so there probably won't be too many of us here in the US who will get a chance to catch it, unless you don't mind quite a schlep. While there hasn't been much news about this tour or what will be directly involved, it is great to see Meatloaf performing. He's had a tumultuous history with his health, 
in his onstage performances, so it's reassuring to see him getting back on the horse. Wait, there's a horse? Yeah, apparently all the way back in 2013, he had an interview with Reuters where he ended up hypothesizing that his 2013 tour, Last at Bat, would likely be his final one. Over the course of the interview, Meatloaf discussed his medical issues that have negatively impacted his performance and experience. In 2007, he had to cancel a tour due to cysts on his vocal cords, and in 2011, he collapsed on stage, which also stoked public fears over his health. In 2012, he got a knee replacement surgery, and while he felt better by 2013, he also felt it was important to perform at your best. In the interview, Meatloaf ended up saying his last at bat tour would be his last, referencing his recent health issues and noting that because he outweighs rockers like Mick Jagger, his body has seen more wear and tear. While Meatloaf might have been hung up on the end of his touring, his fans were very outspoken against this idea. Meat listened and has since performed another full tour, planned and ultimately canceled one in 2020, and is now gearing up for this upcoming tour in 2021. In an unfortunate reminder of his medical issues, his 2019 Back Out of Hell tour was accompanied by Caleb Johnson, the winner of American Idol in 2014, and a singer that Meatloaf really likes. So midway through that tour, Caleb took over all vocal performances because Meat felt like he wasn't up to performing some of his bigger numbers. For a while up until that tour, he had been using pre-recorded tracks, but for a big tour, he wanted to do his artistic duty and make sure he was presenting a pleasurable performance. During this tour, a big part of Meatloaf's contribution to the performance was to tell stories about how he first met Jim Steinman, along with other anecdotes, but the singing was left to Caleb. After hearing about all of this, I think I'm really proud of Meatloaf that he's staying in the scene and on tour. I'm not sure what his performances will look like on this new tour, if things will be pre-recorded, or if he will have someone singing for him or with him, but I'm here for it any way that it goes. We here at Rocky Talkie wish Meatloaf the best on his new tour, and once again, we thank Jim Steinman for his listless contributions to music and to meat. And to meat. Meat. And next up, my friends, we have... Community News! <gasps> Whoa! So, first up in community news, a few weeks ago, we told you all all about Toronto's Excited Mental State cast. They perform monthly virtual shows on Discord, often in different themed costumes, where they encourage audience members to turn on their mics and shout actual callbacks during the show. Man, I remember reading the script for that show and totally facepalming that nobody else has thought of that. Honestly, such a cute idea. Well, they're about to get even cuter with their virtual show this month. Their next performance is on Friday, April 30th at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, and this time around, they're going to be partnering with our friends up in Buffalo, the Francis Bacon Experiment. Oh, man. I am so obsessed with their TikTok. I've been looking forward to their virtual show since they announced it last week, and I feel like this one is going to be equally satisfying. I love a joint show. Yeah, joint shows can be a, an absolutely fun time. They give you, like, this really fun opportunity to perform with people that you don't normally perform with, that you get to see how another cast does things, and you really get to kind of step outside of your usual Rocky comfort zone and really try something that we're all here for a, a fun, you know, same experience, but we all do it a little different. So let's see how everybody does it different, you know? It was really cool. We did a, uh, NYC did a joint show with uh, Friday Night Specials. We went to them for one night and then they came to us for another night and it was really cool. When they came to us for the Saturday Night Show, I was Eddie with Kay from Friday Night Specials and 
it was such a cool experience because we were both Eddie and we just kind of did the same thing, but on stage together. And the amount of energy that just came from that was wild. The FNS NYC joint show was so much fun for me. I didn't perform at my home show, but I was able to perform on your stage in New York. And that was my first guest performance, my first time ever really even being at another Rocky show outside of FNS. And I loved every second of it. There was two Rockies on stage. There were two Janets. There was everybody. Everyone was so fierce and everybody was so in sync. And it was so much fun. And it was so nice to be able to like meet other people in the community and connect with them and realize that like, although us as casts are all fundamentally different, at the end of the day, we are all so much the same. And it was just, it was such like an eye-opening experience as like a Rocky Horror baby. I loved it so much. And I also got to meet John out of it. So it's, you know, it's a win-win. It really was a win-win. What a fun show. We didn't even really meet there though. Kind of. Plus, who doesn't love a 10-person floor show? Oh, that was so cool. (laughs) We can't wait to tune into this one. And we hope that all of you will join us. It sounds like it's going to be a great time that you won't want to miss. Again, the show is going to be on Friday, April 30th at 9.30 Eastern on Discord. So definitely come prepared to actually talk to the actors and the other participants. We'll be there and we hope to see all of you there too. Just another extra shout out to the Francis Bacon Experiment. Their director, Jamie, posted like a TikTok in this most gorgeous corset I've ever seen. And I messaged them and I was like, please give me the link. I need it. And they got back to me so quickly and they sent me the link and I'm so excited. I already ordered it. So like huge shout out to you. You've upped my floor show game. I love you. I love that for you. So we've also got an in-person performance for you to look forward to. On Friday, June 4th and Saturday, June 5th at 9 p.m. Eastern, RKO will be kicking off their Pride Month festivities with the first stop of their Pride Tour at the Mansfield Drive-In in Mansfield Center, Connecticut. At this performance, you are encouraged to dress up and bring your own props to fuck around with as you watch the extraordinarily talented RKO cast perform in front of the big screen. If you are in the Northeast or don't mind slipping to Connecticut from wherever you live, you should definitely consider checking out this show. The tickets are only $15 per person, and you can buy them online at mansfielddrivein.com, which we will link for you in our show notes. Woohoo! Yeah! Give me them show notes. Yeah, give me them. Put them all over my face. Okay, boys, calm down. Last up in community news, we want to give a humongous round of applause to the JCCP cast for entertaining us this past weekend with their fabulous, stellar, groundbreaking Reefer Madness virtual show. I mean, words cannot. Like, we had such a fabulous time tuning in. We absolutely love Reefer Madness, and the cast did beyond an amazing job with their performance. And can, can we just talk about their quick change situation for a minute? Reefer has some ridiculously quick, quick changes. And the way that they were able to orchestrate them was so impressive. Even insane things like having dressers come on stage and put Miss Poppy back into her waitress uniform after she gets done with her tango. It was perfect. Seamless. It didn't detract from the show or look clunky. It was uh, flawless. I, I love I loved this performance, guys. And even the times when quick changes weren't enough, like during Mary Sunshine, where Mary and Ralph are changing really quickly back and forth between their normal costumes and their BDSM gear, the way they double cast and blocked that entire scene was so elegant and made the show flow so well. It was so cool to watch. 
I was just impressed with the choreo. Like, I feel like this show is probably the most dance-intensive one that gets shadow-casted. It's got a lot of really big dance numbers back-to-back, -back, and it was really neat to watch all the performers be so spot-on with all of their choreography. Like, not many shadow-casters can dance, but they can. Right? So, question for the room. Oh, if, hi, Mock. You know, hypothetically, you know, just, <laughs> just putting it out into the ether... If we were ever to shadow cast this sometime down the road, do you guys have like a character or even a specific bit of the show you'd like to perform? Well, I've I've shadow cast Reefer once before. That was a lot of fun. I got to do Jimmy for that. Did Jimmy for the whole show. There is a size 24 dance belt with a pot leaf on it in the other room that confirms that yes, indeed. At one point, <laughs> a decade and a half ago, Aaron could fit into a size 24 dance belt, but... I don't know. I don't think I'd want to do that again. I think that I'd want to pick up a different character. I'm not sure. I'm not really sure. Maybe Jack. I always liked Jack. I think he would be a very good Jack. Yeah, agreed. Mainly just because I want Meg to be Meg. <laughs> <laughs> um, gosh, who would I want to be? Um, Ralph. Uh, I've been, so I've watched it a few times. Fuck you. Your riff um, is just Ralph. My riff is just Ralph, but you know, sometimes, sometimes you want to... Oh my God, John Mary, John Mary, right now. Oh, I would, I would love to play uh, Mary Sunshine. I think that that would be fun. Mary Lane would be such a fun role for me. Uh, you know what? I think if I had to say, I'd probably love to either play the lecturer or Mary Lane. Oh, mm. Please. I have been told on multiple occasions. Every single time somebody watches it, they're always like. Look, it's you when, uh, fucking listen to Jesus, Jimmy. Like, everyone wants me to play Jesus as well. Which, like, I could probably do the lecturer and Jesus. Yeah, hell yeah. I want you to do that so bad. Yeah, I w I'd probably throw my hat in for the lecturer and Jesus, a cheeky little double cash. <laughs> uh, but, like, if people wanted me to do Mary Lane, I totally would. I love this for us. We have, we, this is, this is coming together. This is coming together. What, what do you want to do, Nikki? What, who would you play? There is no question. There is no contest. <laughs> Obviously. Sally. You want to be the turtle. Obviously, I want to play Sally. I was born to be Sally. I live every day in a state of Sally. I love her. I connect with her on a spiritual level. And it's going to happen. It's just a matter of, you know, who's going to be there to experience the glory of me reaching my final form. Yeah, I was going to say, if there's anybody on this planet who deserves to play Sally, <laughs> aside from Sierra from JCCP, yes. it's you. Yeah, no, I don't think I could ever live up to Sierra's performance of Sally, but I think that I could be like a good second. You know, like I could be like a very good understudy where it's like, oh, Sierra's not here. We'll, we'll call Nikki. We'll get her in. It's fine. It's fine. Yep. Damn door. <laughs> <laughs> Hold your water. I have literally heard you scream that, not ironically, <laughs> just completely in earnest. Damn. If I can't door. turn him on, he ain't got switches. I think I think you've said that too. You know, <laughs> you, you this is perfect. This is perfect for, for Nikki, I think. Uh and honestly, out of the three of us, I feel like Nikki would be the first person to light their baby on fire, so What? Hundred percent. No, Absolutely. Would, let's calm yeah. down. It would be Aaron. It would be Aaron. Lol, I'm way too anal for that, man. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, if a baby's getting set in fire in this house, Meg's the one that's lighting the match. That's hundred percent true. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so the second part of this question I need to address for a minute, a specific bit of the show that you'd like to perform. Because I live every day waiting for the day that I get the call that I can play Sally in Reefer Madness. And I will never not play Sally. But 
Little Mary Sunshine is my favorite number in the damn show. <laughs> oh, it should be everybody's. Oh God, the like the power that I would feel playing Mary and just like beating someone up on stage. Wow. And if it was Josh, wow. 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 I think about it. I think about it. Hot take here. While Mary Sunshine is my favorite song in the entire thing, my favorite thing to perform, and maybe this is only because I've only ever done Jimmy, but Mm -hmm. my favorite is Mary Lane. Really? Oh, yeah, man. You get to just kind of, it's it's all the little things that I like about shadow casting Reefer Madness that I don't like shadow casting about Rocky. He's not doing anything crazy. He's not doing anything complicated. It's a bunch of subtle movements. But if you do them right and you make them big enough and you like put enough energy into them, it's like a captivating shadow cast to watch where there's only a couple people on stage. I absolutely love that song. I think it's so fun. The chemistry is fun. Like it's it's just a cool dance number to get to do. I feel like the the two parts of the show that I would be most excited to kind of speak to being the lecturer as well as Jesus. I would love to be Jesus and listen to Jesus Jimmy. That sounds so fucking fun. <laughs> uh, but I would also love to do the intro. Oh, yeah. The intro has that energy. Capital T, capital E, TM at the end. What's the, um, I'm, I'm blanking on this and I feel like a fool. What is the, in the orgy, the goat man? <laughs> the uh, that, name. Yes. Yes, that is his name. Oh, that's the goat his name? Man. Um, John as the goat man. End of well, sentence. I've, well, I've had many names over the years. Some call me Azrael. Some call... No? Okay, never mind. John as the goat man in the Scar costume. <laughs> All right, fine. I'll do the lecturer, the goat man. I'll play Jesus and Satan and listen to Jesus Jimmy. Please. And there you see the problem with shadow casting Reefer Madness. You need 25 people, and boy, right. JCCP has 25 people, and they put them all on the fucking stage. Incredible there at the end of the show where they're doing, you know, the big numbers at the end. And like, man, there's enough people on there. I'm just like, man, you guys got to be careful. You might break a stage or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Not the stage. Throwback. Well, again, a massive thank you to JCCP. We so appreciate you guys entertaining us. We can't get enough of your performances, and we're looking forward to whatever you've got coming up for us next time. I, I literally do not care. Give Please, me more. Please, JCCP, I love you. Give us everything. We need Grab it. Grab hands. <laughs> Mine. Gimme. Gimme. And with that, I think it's time for everybody's favorite segment. The end? It's knack time. Listen, guys, I got some great knacks for you this week. They're organic. They're whole grain. They're great for dietary health. Let's get into it. God damn it. (laughs) No, so last week was really fun. I really enjoyed getting to tell some stories. But this week, I want to get back to some of the burning knack questions that are hanging out on my list. For example, how old exactly are Brad and Janet? And what year is it? And where is Denton exactly? I want literally full-ass latitude and longitude. Don't screw me on this one. And maybe I'll come up with some more as we go. All right, so we're playing who, what, when, where, why, basically. Sure, a lot of new cast members, and when I say new, I mean anyone who's only been doing Rocky for, like, a few years, have asked me these questions. They assume that just because I host the show and that I'm the best performer on NYC that I give a shit about what year Brad graduated high school. Um, that would be around 1963. 
Fuck you, Aaron. Who fucking needs to know that? Why do you know that? It's on the patch on his jacket. You literally own one of these. Y- yeah, I know. I'm just cranking your yank. I'm sorry. No slap and tickle here, boys. Now get back to my questions. I know you love stupid facts, Aaron. I know you've been waiting for this one. Let's get her done. Oh, you are right about that, Nikki. I do love my stupid facts. So it's questions like these that like got me digging into Rocky more and more in the first place, right? It You ask these questions and you just start digging into the movie, into the props, into the stage show, and so on and so on. And like you just keep finding these little snippets of information that make you want to dig deeper and deeper and deeper. I just like taking my clothes off in a movie theater because I'm hot. Yeah, that second part, I just want to be the smartest hot person. Yeah, and it's summer soon. You know what performing in a movie theater in summer is like. I don't care how good the air conditioning is. It's fucking hot. And I'm hot. That's too much hot. That's burning. And we don't like burning. No, no burning. But technically, if you're hot and it's hot, it cancels out because of PEMDAS, but we don't have to get into it. So, anyway... Let's start with what we were saying before. The patch on Brad's jacket. What year was it? 1963. Okay, great. So is that the year he graduated or? Well, it doesn't say. It's just a patch with like a tree and some stupid shit on it. Like it says Denton High School and it has a fucking tree on it. What's wrong with the tree? Yo, whose mascot is a fucking tree? Are they like the Denton fighting trees? The the bushwhackers? The apple pickers? What kind of fucking mascot is that? Well, you know, maybe it's just a tree. Like, so, okay. Maybe Brad got the jacket when he was a freshman. Maybe he got it as a senior. He could have been in high school anywhere between, like, 1959 and 1967. So, did Brad and Janet just graduate high school? They're, like, young, right? Uh, not as young as you think. Oh, no. Come on. Is this gonna upset me? Oh, just you wait. Turns out Brad and Janet are in their mid-40s. Shut the fuck up. No, no. Not even I could make that argument. I think that this is one of those let's dump all the facts on the table and start shuffling them around kind of situations. So, Brad's jacket says 1963. Copies of Brad and Janet's police statements were published in Crazed Imaginations. Those are the ones that appear in the Criminologist book. Uh, I don't have those yet. Very soon. Very soon. I'm super excited for that. But I've seen several sources that confirm that Janet's age is reported as 22 in the statements. And the statements that were presumably taken right after the Denton affair. So shortly after the events in the movie. You can actually make out some of the statements in the crim book on the Blu-ray. Looks like 22 to me. Janet's 22. <laughs> okay, a little older than I thought. Damn, okay. Um, so, what other clues do we have? We totally know when the movie takes place. Nixon's speech is playing in the car as Brad and Janet are driving. When was that? What year was Watergate? Right, so June 17th, 1972, there's the break-in at the Democratic National Committee headquarters at the D.C. Watergate office building. Nixon's administration attempted a cover-up, but they were exposed, and the 37th president resigned on August 9th, 1974. Right, and the speech playing in Brad and Janet's car was made on August 8th, the day before he resigned. Wait, but the criminologist said that it was a late November evening, right before during his monologue. Right, and that's a bit of a continuity problem there. 
some people have speculated that maybe Brad was just like a super fucking nerd and he recorded Nixon's speech to listen to again. I actually have heard that. Or maybe it was like a rerun on the radio. You know how news programs will replay something for context? Or, and we'll get into this later, it could have been an indication that they had entered a time warp. Huh? Uh. For now, let's assume that the timeline in Rocky is coherent. Well, Aaron, that's a bold assumption. Yes, seriously, right? Okay, so it's at least August, Krim says November, of 1974. But if Brad graduated in 1963 at the latest, even if he was some crazy smarty pants that was 16 or 17, he'd be 27 or 28 in 1974 when Nixon's speech could have been playing. Is my math right? Is Brad almost 30? You also have the newspaper that Janet's reading. It's an issue of the Cleveland Plains Dealer, dated October 7th, 1974. It's presumably the early edition. How in the hell do we know that? Can you read it? You totally can on the Blu-ray with some magnification, but also Jim Hetzer, uh, Cosmo, uh, did some research back in the mid-2000s and found the evening edition of the Plains Dealer from that same day, from October 7th. It has the same images and the same articles, they're just arranged slightly differently, and in consulting with the Plains Dealer staff, they verified it would have been an early edition which, unfortunately, they do not archive. Okay, so August, October, November of 1974. Either way, whatever it is. It's fall of 1974. That just doesn't feel right. So Brad and Janet are way older than I think of them as. In shock treatment, the story about Brad's adoption runs into Denton Daily on November 7th, 1956. The accompanying photo is of a kid between 6 and 10. So if Brad graduated in 63, he would have been 10 when he split from Farley. So if he instead got his jacket his freshman year of high school, he would be 6 or 7 in that photo, which seems to match up a little bit better. Right, and maybe it's somewhere in between. He could have been 8 or 9 and got the jacket his junior year. Whatever it is, Brad ends up somewhere between 26 to 30... And Janet is 22. We know that. No, but here's the thing. I thought they were high school sweethearts. They met in Dr. Scott's exam it. <laughs> it's in damn it, Janet. Right. Was that in Dr. Scott's refresher course, or was that just Ralph and Betty? See, Betty and Ralph met in Dr. Scott's refresher course, right? Brad says so. But Brad and Janet didn't necessarily meet there. I mean, they, they did take a class from Dr. Scott, clearly, at some point. For them to have met while Janet was in high school, say four years earlier, in 1970, she would have been 18 in her senior year, Brad would have been 23 or 24. So what was he doing in a high school class? Alright, so, see, refresher courses weren't regular high school classes. They were more like a combination of what we'd call continuing adult education and college prep. So in the 60s and 70s, you had a huge boom in STEM in education, with the space race holding front page headlines. So a lot of high schools offered continuing education classes for adults and for students who were getting ready for college. Presumably, right? That's where Ralph and Betty met and where Brad and Janet met. Oh my god. Ew. Hold, wait. Okay. That means that Brad and Ralph were going to a fucking continuing education class at like 23, 24. To what? Pick up high school girls who were taking college prep classes? Oh my god. <laughs> Ralph and Brad were doing some How I Met Your Mother, Friends, It's Always Sunny kind of creepy, lecherous shenanigans. I am deeply fucking disturbed about this. Hi, deeply fucking disturbed about this. I'm John. 
But it sure brings a whole new creepy meaning to when Ralph says, that was the only reason I showed up in the first place. No, 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 no. I fucking hate this. Let's stop this right now. See what happens when you do math, Nikki? Math is evil, and I refuse to believe this. I mean... Obviously, this isn't the intention that Richard O'Brien and Jim Sharman had when they were first creating the Rocky Horror Show. This is just picking apart continuity details on props and costumes from the movie that nobody ever thought people would actually look at. Brad and Janet are supposed to represent that young, naive 50s couple. Right, you might know them better as boomers. And right in the middle, too. Boomers are technically anyone born between 46 and 64, so literally exactly when Brad and Janet would have been born. Brad and Janet are boomers? <laughs> Fuck. This keeps getting worse and worse. Perhaps, but what if we could come up with a huge twist that would set the whole thing on its heels and fix all the problems with one simple conceit? Eh? Time warp. Time warp. Time warp? What the fuck was that? What was what? I didn't hear anything. Oh, okay. I get where you're going with this. So the time warp is a literal time warp. A fold in space time. A big ball of wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff. I didn't know you liked Doctor Who. Who? Doctor Who. Doctor Frankenfurter? Third Third base. base. What the fuck? I'm sorry. Right, so, but think about this, right? What gives us Brad's age? The key that tells us the difference between his and Janet's age is the newspaper, Nixon's speech, the patch on his jacket, and Janet's age just being straight out declared in the Denton affair as being 22. So what if we could make the newspaper and Nixon's speech part of the time warp? What if, instead of Ralph and Betty's wedding being years after Brad and Ralph graduated, Instead, it's only like four years after they graduated. Say, 1967, right? That way, Janet's 22, Brad's 22, maybe he's a year or two older, doesn't really matter, he still graduated in 1963. They both did, in that case, right? And they go to their friend's wedding. Maybe they're targeted by Frank and Riff and Magenta and pulled into the future? Or, maybe, there's just like a localized temporal anomaly around the castle. Maybe the castle and the surrounding area isn't operating with the same concept of time, right? I mean, like, Einsteinian space-time is relative, kind of like in um, Interstellar, where there's the planet where time moves slower due to its proximity to a supermassive black hole, right? What if the transit beam or whatever is powered by something that creates a weird field and it affects time, and then Brad and Janet stumble upon it? Right, so somewhere along their drive after the wedding to Dr. Scott's, they get sucked into this, like, time distortion. And that's why Brad took a wrong fork. It was the right fork in 1967, but not in 1974, which they were transported forward in time to. And that would explain why they don't give a shit about listening to Nixon's speech. They have no context. Nixon wasn't even president until 1969. Nice. And he had been out of the White House since 1961, where he had ended his run as vice president. In the early to mid-60s, he was just another former vice president. And I mean, Janet was reading just a small-town newspaper. How would she really notice if the news was from five to ten years in the future? All the stories are still about prized cows and local news. She was more interested in her chocolate bar anyway. 
and Frank and the other Transylvanians are exactly that, aliens from another galaxy. Who knows how old they are? In fact, the time-traveling distorted reality would kind of explain a lot. It would explain Columbia, a spitting image of a 1930s Ruby Keeler-esque tap-dancing vaudeville star. Maybe she really was from the 30s and was sucked into the time warp. And Eddie, right? No wonder he's a 50s greaser driving a German motorcycle with World War II military insignias. What if he's been on ice for a lot longer than everyone thinks? Fuck, like Eddie's been chilling in the freezer for like a decade or some shit. Or they just picked him up in the 50s and time runs faster inside the castle time warp bubble. But what about Dr. Scott? He knows Brad and Janet and Eddie is his nephew. How would we reconcile that? I mean, Dr. Scott came to look for Eddie. Maybe Eddie was abducted in the late 50s and disappeared for several years. Then he wrote a letter that was spit out of the time warp into the late 60s. It's kind of unclear how long Eddie had been missing, and if he was a crazy biker, years of shooting up junk and being a no-good cheap little punk. Ugh. You're welcome. Eddie could have been gone for a long time before he wrote his bloody letter. Right? All that checks out. As Frank so elegantly points out, Dr. Scott more than likely served in World War II, and probably not on the side that won. So if he was in his 20s in the mid-40s, that would put him around 40 or 50 when the events of Rocky happened. That's plenty of time for him to teach some classes, for his sister to pop out a kid, for him to go to work for the FBI, to teach some remedial classes, research UFOs. Like, there's plenty of time in there. And all this still lines up with Frank being very clearly in the style of an early 70s glam rock star. He's been picking up nostalgic mementos throughout Earth's history, and now he's developed his own take on David Bowie and Alice Cooper. And Brad and Janet are even more shocked because they've never seen anything like it. They're still from the late 60s, the decade of free love in Vietnam, you know, before glam or punk. I mean, let's be real. This is probably closer to Rocky Horror's original concept, even if it's stretching the plot. As a lot of our listeners know, the 1970s was a big decade for nostalgia. And that's the audience that O'Brien was catering to with Rocky Horror. You can see this all over the place with the pop culture from the period. Stuff like American Graffiti, Grease, and Happy Days. Perhaps having a 1950s-style Rocky emerge from a freezer into the glitter and glam world of the early 70s was O'Brien's comment on the nostalgia trend. Brad and Janet being relics of the 50s is certainly as much a spoof of the nostalgia wave as it is a throwback to the original pulp sci-fi films of that era. When you think about it, a lot of decades come together in Rocky. There are traces of the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, and the 60s and 70s, all in one house, all in one night. I think it makes just as much sense as anything else that maybe logical time has no meaning in Rocky. Maybe that makes the whole discussion of ages irrelevant. I mean, the movie's most famous song is literally called Time Warp. Maybe we should embrace the idea that, at least in the land of Denton, time is just as fluid as sex and gender. Or maybe Ralph and Brad were just trolling for some high school girls. You know, Brad sidling up to his remedial science class, asking how this year's crop of freshman chicks is looking. You're honestly probably right, but don't do it. Please. That's what I love about these high school girls, man. I get older... They stay the same age. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. And for legal reasons, I think that's the end of our show. <laughs> wait, no, wait, where is Denton? We didn't even get to that part of the question. Ohio. Next... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> next time, Nikki. That one's for next time. Ugh. And that's our show. 
If you've got a question you'd like us to answer on air for Nikki Asks a Question, or some community news you'd like us to talk about, or even just a cool story from your time in the Rocky Horror community, we'd love to include it in our show. Just go to our website, rockytalkypodcast.com, and fill out our contact form to share with us. We all really love getting to hear about the cool shit that you've been working on. We are totally obsessed with all the Rocky Horror projects that have been floating around out there, and we really enjoy getting to share your work with the whole community. Plus, if your cast is working on something fun, like a virtual show or maybe even a real-life show, send that in too. We'll help spread the word. If you're enjoying Rocky Talkie, please help us out by rating, reviewing, and subscribing to the show. It makes the podcast more accessible to new listeners, which really helps us grow the show. And if you want even more Rocky Talkie content, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, all at Rocky Talkie Podcast. We'll talk to you all next week. Bye! Bye! (laughs) And with that, I think it's time for everybody's favorite segment! It's nap time! Listen, guys, I got some... Shut up, John. Oh. <laughs> Listen, guys. <laughs> and maybe I'll come up with some more as we go. No. Well, yeah, no, I'm... I really don't think you have a choice. Oh, God. Cranking your yeah. neck. I'm sorry. No slap and tickle here, boys. <laughs> what does that mean? It's, is that what the kids are calling it, Nikki? No. It's not. Now get back to my questions. Now get back to my questions. I know you love stupid facts, Aaron. I know you've been waiting for this one. Let's get her done. Wait, oh. hold on. Is that something that we just made up or is that something that people actually say? I have no fucking idea what I just said. The slap and tickle? Yeah. Is you, that you've, never heard, you've never heard of the give her a little slap and tickle? No, because I'm going to use it every day of my life now. <laughs> Sounds like a... Slap and tickle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Physical amorous play. Yep. Slap and tickle. Yep. Yeah. That's a thing. Shit. I'm using that every day for the rest of my life now. Wow. I'm glad I was able to bring this to the world. Who wants to go on and uh, do a little slap and tickle? Right? I'm leaving the show. Thank you guys Bye. so much for your time. <laughs> no uh, slap and tickle. Sorry. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> If there's anybody who's listening to this podcast right now and you live in like the Midwest Great Plains area, you should start a cast and call them the Plains Dealers. That would be so cute. There's a news line or there was a fan sign that was named the Plains Dealer. Just, you know. A fanzine? That's the that's how we pronounce the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well I think we're stuck with it too though. <laughs> I didn't know you liked Doctor Who. No, 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 no. So this is what we're not going to do. We're not going to pretend like I didn't spend my entire middle school life watching Doctor Who religiously. We're not going to act like I don't know who that is. Uh Uh-uh. It's not. It's a who's on on first joke. Yeah. But the who? Yeah. That's a thing? No, it... Man, Meg didn't get this joke when she read it either. I got it. Okay. And maybe we should just embrace the idea that, at least in the land of Denton, time is just as fluid as sex- Mm-hmm. Maybe we should embrace- Fuck me! Maybe we should embrace. We shouldn't. Yeah. That's what I love about high school girls. I get older, they all stay the same age. <laughs> Ugh. Shh.
shout out to the Francis Bacon Experiment. Shout out to JCCP. Shout out to RKO. Shout out to your mom. Shout out to my mom for pushing me out of her badusi. Shout out to all my Tauruses. This is your season, bitches. Damn right it is. It's the best season. If you're a Taurus, hit me up. Honestly, hit me up too. Fuck it. Shout out to all those high school girls. No! <laughs> I'm stopping that it? fucking recording. Yeah, we're done. That was that was quick. You know what else is fast? Me. Yeah, I am.